Hi everyone, I'm Fatima Benta Gimse, a screenwriter and producer, and you're listening to Sinful Sundays. Did Nigeria break your spirit? I, I, listen, Peter <laughs> is not that reliable, but it's the voice of the people sometimes. <laughs> you know you're a good doctor if people don't keep dying. <laughs> a podcast that highlights storytellers and filmmakers in Hollywood. Because I don't want anybody to drag me if you see me doing another Lolaro. Just now I was broke. I need... <laughs> I go to audition for a project and it's full of these guys from Big Brother. I'm like, <laughs> I went to drama school now. I have masters in acting now. Do you have uh, one million followers? <laughs> yeah, we talk about everything from career ups and downs to personal gist and all the juicy things that go into the world of storytelling as we know it. Hi. Hi. I forgot how to start off. But <laughs> anyway, yes, you should introduce yourself. Like first of of the bat. Just go in. We've started. So this is already just, just my name. I don't know. How do you introduce yourself as a writer in this industry? Um hi, my name is Chemeka Oswagu. Mm-hmm. Not a Mecca. Chemeka. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a thing. Yes, I'm a um screenwriter. Recently became a director slash producer. It's very stressful. Good stress. Is it good stress? Yeah, it's good stress. It gave me ginger. Now I want to make more stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, it gave me like an insane level of... Um, what did you make? I made a short film. I made a short film in the, in um, Akiode, at Akiode. That was where we shot. A very rough neighborhood. Where? Akiode. Yeah, where's Akiode? It's near um, Ojodu side. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, very rough neighborhood. How many days of shooting? I shot for two days. Okay. And there was a lot of rain and a lot of sunshine. How was that filming and we rain? Because it was it was it was tough. We exactly. had to, we had to like we had to constantly stop and pray for the rain to go. And the rain always went, but when it left, we were met with like this insane, intense sunlight. Oh. So it was very harsh. I had serious sun, sunburn. Oh sorry. At yeah? the end of the second day. Don't tell me sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Okay, do you want like do you want to expand on your short film? Like yeah, name, so, who is in um, it? So the short film is called Samaria. Why? Because that's the name, Fatima. Well, like yeah, like what it's does called Samaria. Samaria, mean? Samaria, um like in the Bible, the good Samaritan is someone who does so on a favor. So that is where the idea of the name came from. Um, I don't want to like give. Don't don't. Let's talk about what you're comfortable with. It's starring a lot of great actors. Ife and Inla. I hope I'm pronouncing her name properly. Um, properly, I'm probably not. And Baj Adebule. Oh, Baj is great. Yeah, Baj is great. He's a really good actor. He's a really okay. good actor. I worked with a great like crew. I'm really happy about what we what we made because right now, the score just got done. Nice. Yes, yeah, so, we're uh, almost done with posts. And from there, we shall send it far and wide. <laughs> All the best. Thank you. So this is your first year being a writer. No, not a writer. I've been writing from time. We were getting there. I'm writing first from time. First year being, <laughs> being a director and a producer. Yeah, first So when time. did you get like started as a writer in Hollywood? Um, I started in 2015. That's okay. when I officially started. That's when I finally got paid for something. But you've been writing before then? I started writing a year before then. Mm. Before then, I hadn't really written. I'd just been coasting and trying to figure out what I was going to do. What were you doing? I was... Um, in tw- I graduated from uni, studied estate management, graduated in 2013. Then at the... I think... I Yeah, I went for service in October of 2013. And I told myself, okay, I'm going to use this service here to become a writer. I haven't written before. I'm going to like... Start from scratch. 
So wait, where did the interest come from? I've always loved movies since I was a kid. I've always okay. loved them since I was a kid. My dad used to have bring home like VHS tapes. And we had like cartons of VHS tapes in the garage. So I used to watch a lot of old movies. We used to watch a lot of like um, Mary Tyler Moore show, like reruns. We used to watch a lot of Doris Day movies, like Send Me No, um, Send Me No Flowers and Don't Eat the Daisies and that. We used to watch a lot of like Rogers and Hammerstein um, musicals, The King and I. Um, Any Nollywood influence? Yes, my mom. Cause my, my mom, my mom was a nurse. She used to work at Surulere, and she used to bring home VCDs. Oh, okay. My God, my sister, Jesus Christ. So my sister, I I remember the time we watched Nekka the Pretty Serpent. I've never and watched it, the original. It scared it scared the shit out of me. Can I swear? Yes. I just yes, did. you can. You okay. can. Yes. It scared the shit out of me. Then my sister every night because we used to share a room. She would scare she would scare me until I had to go and stay in the bathroom. Oh. And yeah, it's very sad, very traumatic. Was it that scary? It wasn't, it's not that scary. You know, like, is it the one wait? That's Karashika. There's one someone turns into a dog. I hate the one scene someone, when Nolly Babes post that video. I, I just love that video. That's my, that's my favorite video. What that, film is that one? It's um Suicide Mission. It's oh, um, yeah, what's the her one? name? The one with RMD and Oh, that one. That one. Regina woman. Yes, 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 yes. That queen. So and she turns into a dog. <laughs> she turns into a dog after she has put RMD in a bottle. I wouldn't mind being put in a bottle. I feel like that's the first film that I saw someone put in a bottle. Is there a second one? Yes. It's Mona Lisa Chinda film with Ram- Ramsey Noah, Ramsey Noah and Chioma. We only then accept the Chioma original. Chikoka. Then I actually saw him. He was like in the bottle mm. under the sea. <laughs> yes, because she's from the. Oh, is it the one? He said it's with Ramsey actually. Yes. Okay, I think I've he seen. Here's the guy eat rice at the Buka, and that was the end. Yeah, this is it's why. This is why no one should ever eat rice ever. Anyway. Yeah, yes. I agree. Yeah. So how's your film going? No, we're talking about you. How did you just? <laughs> are you okay? I'm we're talking about thing. you. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, and no. I came. I came with a gift for you. I don't want that. Answer the question. I was asking you how you started writing. Yeah, so I, started, so I started writing from... I've always loved films. And I used to... In secondary school, I used to, like, give people reviews of films because guys would always come to me and I was the movie guy. Mm-hmm. And in uni, I was the movie guy as well. And I, I loved... There should be a website, the movie guy. The movie okay. guy. It should be. Mm-hmm. But I used to, like, watch a ton of stuff. I used to recommend films to people and get upset when they didn't like the films I recommended. <laughs> Why? Because I, I was stupid. No, you're passionate. And these things, like... I said, in this place, we use positive words. Yes, only. okay. You're I was, passionate. I was passionate. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, no, you don't get it. This film is like this because of this. So, that I was just a big movie fan. So, it was now, like, about transitioning to being a fan of film to being a part of... What that what, is. Like, did you have any... I know some people talk about that light bulb moment. You're like, oh, I can actually do this for a living. Do you have anything like that or you just found yourself inside? I thought about it okay. briefly in 2012. 2012 was the first time... My favorite film is Pulp Fiction. 2012 was the first time I saw it. And it, like, blew my mind. And I thought, oh, sh- this, is, this, is, this is different. This is wild. Now I understand... Every, the whole Tarantino thing. That was in 2012. I'd watched like his old films, but never, none of them had ever hit me like that. So in 2013, it was mostly during, because I went to Covenant University, and at the end of your time there, time like prison, <laughs> at the end of your time there, there's something called TTG, Towards the Total Graduates. And okay. it's like, it's like church classes that mm. every graduating student has to go through. I would do it for, I can't remember how long, but that three sessions, morning, morning afternoon, and night. 
So I would go for this thing and I was thinking about to myself like, what the fuck am I going to do after graduation? That's when he hit me. That's it, management. I said, I don't do that. I really don't want to do that. I don't go around measuring people's houses and I don't go out like trying to convince people to rent one three-bedroom flat that has no ceiling in Igondo. Is that a place? Igondo. 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 I I thought I was making it up. No, you're not. But yeah, in like a random place. So... I was like, and also I think to myself, okay, this passion that I have for film, what if you can make something of it? Mm. So I started writing. I started reading a lot. I started reading a lot of scripts. I was reading more scripts than books. So I started yes. reading a lot of scripts and I started practicing. But I didn't know what I was doing. So I was writing. So you were self taught for a while? Yeah, I was self taught for a while. I started um, writing Microsoft Word. Oh, no. Yes, exactly. It's okay. I know. Hard times. Yeah. Anyhow, so I was writing a Microsoft Word until I decided to, okay, let me make a film. Yes. So you've made a film before? Yes, but it doesn't it doesn't exist because <laughs> we lost all our footage and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it was it was very ambitious. It was a one scene film. Okay. And it was everything was meant to be one take. It was very hard. <laughs> It was very difficult. To get like professional actors nope. or just friends. Nope. Okay, so you were very ambitious. I was very ambitious. Okay, fair, fair. Yes. So it didn't work out. Then we lost the footage. Now, at that point, this was like middle of 2014. Mm. I was like, oh, what, what the hell am I going to do? And around this time, I think Dowry was on TV, on Ebony Life. Yeah. So I watched and I saw Sanchez's name, Victor Sanchez Agawa. Yeah. I was like, well, how am I going to get this person to read my stuff? And mind you, before this time, I'd been going from... I went to every major, like, um, produ- production house or, like, film studio in Lagos. Oh, yeah, shooting your shot, like, full... Yeah, wow, nice. I was going to pitch myself. Nothing worked out. I didn't get a meeting with anybody. The most I made it was, like, to a lobby. Yeah, good well, times. Well, in 2014, that's, that's good. 2014, I... Yeah. That's good, because was, they're not even answering anybody don't then. They're not answering anyone. Yeah. So, I went, went on Facebook and I... Hit Sanchez up and I distorted. Was that him. the first time you saw his name or you had seen it? I'd seen his name on like Tinsel. Okay, okay. I'd seen his name on Tinsel. But that was when I had Ginger to a friend of mine, um, Ifi Halim, sent me. She had done an interview with him. Mm. I was like, I think you should actually do this in and shoot your shots. So I shot my shot on Facebook. Yeah. Yes. That's not sketchy at all. Yes, yeah, it's not sketchy at all. So I shot my shot on Facebook and I was sending him like messages. Then eventually he he answered me. I was like, okay, send me something, <laughs> sir. And I sent him stuff. Then, like, the next day, I sent, like, some short films. And the next day, he called me over, and we met, and we talked. And he started, like, giving me, like, <coughs> tips and stuff. So that was, like, the first time someone had carried me along or helped me and, like, shown me, okay, this is what you're doing wrong. Mm. This is what you're doing right. This is where you have potential, and this is how you can improve yourself. So... I thought I was going to get like a gig after that, but it didn't happen. So I went and started working as an SSO I worked as an SSO for 365 days. To the, so day. to the day. Yeah, for 365 that, well, wait, days. Wait, wait, I'm confused. So after seeing him a whole year, it didn't like. Yeah, nothing clicked still. But Were you in I was contact st- to him? Yeah, I was constantly sending like almost every other week or something. I'll send like a short film or a film idea or an idea for a TV show, and I was just constantly writing. Anytime How were you not frustrated? Okay, I'm sure you were frustrated. Because that's a whole year of doing what you don't want to do. Yeah, a whole year. And the job wasn't great. I wasn't getting paid well. Then, like, 
nine months in, my boss started cutting people's salary. Uh. Then they weren't paying on time. It was just depressing and it was very tough. It was very rough. Then I decided like in mid-20, no, like late 2015, around October, that I was going to quit. I told my parents and they were like, just continue. <laughs> Don't be jobless. You didn't know you wanted to write? Yeah, I told them I wanted to write. And in their minds, they were like, oh, fuck. We've, 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 we've lost this one. Our only son <laughs> is we've useless. Lost him, yeah. We've lost him. This is the end. So, one, the day I told my dad, well, I was following him to work. So he dropped me off at my office and I told him that, yeah, I'm going to tell them I'm not doing it again today. I could see in his face disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was thinking, he was like, this boy is going to leave me with me till he's 50. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got to the office and I told my boss, uh, um, I'm not doing it again. And he, he was now, because my boss knows my dad. He was now like trying to ask questions. I was like, my, my guy, I'm, I'm moving to PH. I'm moving to Potter Courts. I'm, I can't come back to your work. I'm not doing it again. Then he was... He freed me and he was like, okay. Good luck, I Yeah, guess. good luck, whatever. Then that day, it may, not long after that, like, it, like a few hours after that, Sanchez called me. This is such a... Yes, true story. Destiny thing. <laughs> Sanchez called me and was like, okay, someone named um, Chrissy Hidoro. Chris, yeah. Chris Hidoro is going to call you. I'm going to ask you to send a sample of something I know where written. this is going, but I'm just going to calm down and let you get there. <laughs> anyway. Yes, you do. <laughs> so yeah, Chrissy Hidoro is going to call you, send a sample to him, and then we'll see what happens. I was like, okay. <laughs> so Chris called me, gave me, sent me his email, texted it to me. Then I texted him the pilot of a sitcom I wrote um, about like, um, called my Nigerian wedding. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it was like a, a mix between my big fat Greek wedding and modern family. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I send that to him, and then like an hour later, I was like, okay, um, Africa Magic is doing a mini workshop for a show tomorrow. Tomorrow? And the day after, <coughs> can you come? I was like, <laughs> yes. I just quit my job. <laughs> I have nothing like, to do. <laughs> I know get work. Yes. <laughs> what else am I doing? <laughs> so that next day, I went there and I met Chris for the first time. And I worked with Chris a lot since then. But I met Chris for the first time and we were working on Hush. Yes. I'm like, oh, more thank God. That's that's just such a very, I don't know how to put it, like from quitting your job to working on Hush, like, okay. Yeah, just like that. Yeah. And I was so nervous because I'd never been in a writer's room. And crazy thing is that a year, that when Sanchez, when I met him, he sent me, um, he told me about this show called The Writer's Room. And I started watching it. And it's basically... Um, a guy hosting a show where he talks to head writers or showrunners and the writers of a show to try and... So I use that to try and understand, like, what a writer's room is and what you're meant to do in it and what you're meant to get out of it. Yeah. So that first workshop, I was really nervous because that's what, all, that's what was just running through my head. Oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And then I heard the number of episodes. I was like, huh? Oh, 260 <laughs> episodes. For, it was for a 260 episode thing. I was trying to do, like, just do a rough a run-through of this on the story for like three days or so for 40. 40 episodes in three days? Yeah, yeah. And we're going, coming from home. I'm only pretending to be shocked. Because <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm just... <laughs> yes. I, me, me, I'm shocked that you've you been shocked. 40 episodes in three days. Yeah. Sacre bleu. Oh, uh, yes. So, yeah. Um, 
yeah, so that's how I started. Right, that was how I got my first proper gig. Then after I got paid for the three days, I was like, <laughs> I'm never going back to that. <laughs> Did you tell your parents never. about this? I told my parents about it. They were so relieved because I'm sure in their minds, I can, I'm sure they were really anxious about, okay, what is this boy going yeah. to do now? Yes, he wants to do this thing, but how long will it take? They didn't think it would just happen like that. I mean, I didn't think it was going to happen yeah. like that. Because again, for a year, it was disappointment, disappointment until that moment. So yeah, it was great. It was really, really good. And that was the first time I got paid for work. Uh, I'm thinking so hard of that phrase, this, hey, like, when you're moving, <laughs> when you're moving up, I hate English language. I want to say, oh, from Hush, like you've been going, is it Greater Heights? I don't know. From Grace to Glory. Okay, that's very Nigerian, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, let, I'll let it slide. Oh, yeah. But okay, so now writer, producer. Yes, okay, I, I forgot what I was going to ask in the beginning. What? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow. I always start with that. But let's, let's, it's fine, it's fine. I'm I good. let you have the floor now. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. How are you? No, 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 no. We don't do that. Just don't say I'm good. Like, don't, tell me express, what, don't, don't tell me sorry, what to my, do. That's my podcast. That's my podcast. How okay. are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How's your year going? My year is going, it's going better now. It was, it's been up and down. More down than up. Talk about up now. it. Don't, I'm getting there, man. <laughs> But yeah, so the year started out pretty good. I was very chill. I had money. Okay. Yes, money is very important to of course. my general well-being. So I had money. I was pretty chill. I started work and work was going pretty well. But the things that work started escalating and getting more intense. Because mm. of um, the work on Venge, the telenovela. On African, on African Magic. Magic. Mm. Watch it, 8.30. <laughs> okay, radio voice. On 151. So yeah, um, the work started intensifying, and at the same time, what do you do on the on the show? I'm, yeah, I'm a screenwriter, story editor, on Venge. What's a story editor? It's, I'm going. I'm getting there. A story editor is basically someone who takes all the plots and all the story and ideas that we come up with in a workshop environment, mm. puts them together and makes sense of it. Okay. Basically, arranging things and make and figuring out how things are going to happen and when they're going to happen within a story. So that's the job I do. That and writing the odd script here and there. That's why I do For 260 episodes. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's heavy. It's intense work. It it consumes your entire life. Because that's the only thing you're thinking about. You're thinking about the story. I think I have deadlines. I am saying it on here, but okay. This is coming out after I've submitted the deadlines, I'm sure. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. So yeah, so... It's it's a lot of intense work. So this year, I was happy that I had work, obviously, but it was pretty stressful. Then add to that, I had like health issues mm. that I'd been having for a long time, but inten- reached a a critical level this year, and I had to do surgery, which you know about, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, so I had to do surgery a day after I finished shooting my short film. I went under the knife. I've always wanted to say you, that. Why are you making it? Sad? I've always wanted to say that under the knife. How do you feel after saying it? I feel great. Okay, awesome. I'm going to say it a few more times. Don't. don't. We're not going to ask again. Yeah. Okay. I'll, How are you I'll after going under the knife? So I'm feeling a lot better and I'm fully healed. There's no longer a hole in my stomach. I went for a, a I went for a hernia surgery, so they cut me open. Yes. I went under the knife. Yes. And the we I think it. we have enough visual. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was awake throughout too, and it was an amazing experience. Wonderful. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Okay, so story editing work. Yeah. Is it recommended? Do you recommend it for people? I recommend, I don't it. Think, I, rec- I recommend it for everybody. I don't think a lot of writers know like that job exists. And they don't know how difficult especially. it is. Yeah. Yeah, when you talk to people about um, any, a lot of younger writers about anything concerning screenwriting that is not writing a yeah. script, they get confused. It's just writing and script editor. I think that's what they know. That's what they know. Yeah. They don't, because I think a big thing is that a lot of people don't, um, separate script from story and they don't understand the importance of story yeah because anybody not anybody shall but if you have the skills you can write a script but that doesn't mean you can tell a good tell story. a good story yeah yeah you need someone who has that um gift or who has that talent who has like who has um practiced because it's like a muscle as well you have to continuously practice and write stuff that you know is never going to get made just so you can like work your creativity and get it your fire burning again for whenever you do need it so it's a lot of work a lot of people don't know much about it when i talk to like younger writers about work and stuff i'm trying to explain like oh my trajectory and how my trajectory isn't like the regular one where someone just calls me and puts me on the yeah on an half mark show but <clears throat> The basic thing I always tell them is like trying to constantly write, no matter what. Even though when it becomes your job, it gets a lot more difficult because now you're not writing because it's no longer you, for you. It's no longer for you. Yeah. It's not fun anymore. Yeah. It's a job. Yeah. And you have deadlines, and writers hate deadlines because we're lazy. All of us are lazy. I actually love deadlines. Is it like? I do. I like doing that because I can't be lazy with a deadline. You have to submit it. Somehow. Exactly. It has, it's so going I like to come knowing out. that somebody's waiting for me. It's going to come out. Yeah. If you don't have a deadline, you never finish anything. True. Yeah, but a lot of um, people don't find it hard to write with deadlines, especially in TV. They also mm. find it hard to. But the deadlines turn are shorter over. with TV. Yeah, TV. There's never enough money. There's never enough time. Yeah. So you have TV. to. Enter there knowing that, which is why you, I think, which is why having a story editor TV in TV is very useful because you already have someone that's thought of the story and has plotted everything out for you. Now you have to. Just I feel like they've done it. most of the work. Yeah, but something that annoys me. Something what? that annoys me. What when, annoys you? When when I'm stereotyping, sometimes I write a breakdown. A breakdown is like document that has the entire story and the entire plot for each episode per scene yeah. and I write a breakdown and I describe stuff in a certain way when I'm reading a script and I see the exact same thing I get pissed off because I'm like <laughs> Yo, because when I remember when I started writing when I started writing I, I made sure I never put exactly exact same thing <laughs> so it's something that is original that is coming out so like I'll be I'll, I'll be head writer of a show and I'll send people breakdowns and the what I'm seeing in the script is what I wrote in breakdown. Then what was the point sending to you? I could have just written it myself. It's called laziness. It's called laziness. Because I, I'm sorry, I do it. <laughs> I, I get lazy and I'm just like, see, this line, I can't, it's like rephrasing <laughs> an essay. You're like, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm so, gonna say, it's but, like I say however. No, you already know what I want to say. It's going to, sorry, yo. We mentioned being a head writer. Yeah. On what show? Um, There's a sitcom that... Is it airing already? You know, it's, it's, it's going to start airing in... In, I don't th- I don't think I can see. Oh, okay, okay. I don't think I can see when it's airing. Can you say the name? Can I say the name? 
If you're not sure, I don't think I can. Okay. I, no promo has come out for it yet. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, I can't. I don't think I can say anything. But I was um um head writer on it. So my, we've done two seasons. Oh, I, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we've done two seasons, and it's really fun because I love comedy. I'm a big fan of comedy. I know. Yes, I know you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a big, huge fan of comedy. So like getting a chance to craft com- comedic scenes and put my sense of humor and blend it with whatever my um, executive producer wants me to do. It was, a, it was a blast. I love doing it. Well, how's the experience going from writer, story editor to not like head writer? Well, I think at first it was a bit um, challenging because I was just thrown into it. Mm. Yeah. The show had a head writer. Then I was before we it started. I was it was handed to me, so I knew the reason why um, it was handed to me was because the person believed I could do it, even though I didn't believe it. So I just psyched myself up. I was like, "Yeah, I can do it," and just went into like the because I, I used to have a book with jokes. So I just went into like the jokes I've written to try and bring something out to elevate what we had already and make it funny and make it something that I would laugh at. And besides that, I also realized that being a head writer is very different from being a regular writer or being a story editor because it's more of an administrative role. Yes, it is. More than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's creative. But even the creativity, it's you taking what other people are saying and having the... and trusting your taste and your... Um, not trusting your taste and your... your um, what do you call it? Experience to know this is a good story. Mm. This is not a good story. This is good, but it doesn't work with what we're doing. So I'm not going to force it in there. And knowing who to give what scripts to write. I think that's the most difficult thing. How do you decide who to give what scripts to write? Well, it depends on when, before before a workshop, I always, if I get like writing samples, I use them not just to know, oh, can this person write, to know what is this person good at. Mm. Then throughout the workshop, I'm just watching and like taking mental notes and writing down, oh, this person is good with these kinds of stories. This person is good with dialogue. This person is good with coming up with like wacky stuff, but that script writing is not so great. So this person should be in a workshop. When I'm giving them scripts, I don't give them scripts that require too much heavy lifting. But is that a chance to like challenge the writer? Is that any, okay, I know there's no time to like learn on the job. Mm. But is it like an opportunity to say, okay, this person is not really good with, let's say, sappy stuff. Mm. And this episode is heavy on sappy stuff. You just want to say, oh yeah, try. Yeah, always. The first time I give scripts, that's why I just give. Mm. Oh, let me see what you do. Then after that, I start, you start tweaking it here and there to know who you should give what. And even like the best always like floats to the top. Always. You always see the best writers coming up at the top. And you, you find yourself giving them more scripts and you know they're going to deliver. Because again, for when you're a screenwriter in Nigeria, like a regular staff writer, your two greatest assets are speed and quality of what you're writing. Because even if you're a great writer and you write the most amazing dialogue that should be winning awards, if you're submitting it, <laughs> if you're submitting it like four days late, that's too late. It's pointless. That's too late. If, if because like especially when production is on your ass, yeah, and they're about to they're about to like catch up with writing, and you're having someone you're sending this person a script that is meant to be returned in 
two, three days, person's coming, calling you in the phone, like, I'm coming, I'm coming, let me just, what, what, what are you going to do? You're screwed now. So you have to just push that person, no matter how good they are, you just have to keep them aside because there's no point. Or people that can't submit scripts um, under the page, um, at the page count, is either too short or too long. But they know, like, ahead of time, like, this is it. <laughs> See, I know I'm just yes, I've edited, I've edited it. I've edited the script there. Eh? Th- um, the page count went to be 25 pages. It was 30, 30 what again? Like 33. Why? I was, I, was, <laughs> I opened, as I opened it, I saw 30 pages, I was so pissed. I just closed my laptop. I didn't work that day. <laughs> I was so pissed. Because you, I don't get it. You already know, but. I, had to, I sent it back. I was like, cut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh... You can't cut it down. You can always cut it down. I kind of write as I attached to it. Oh, listen, is, this line is too good, but... Yeah, it's one of those things. You can always cut it down. And I, oh, something else that writers um, um, have a hard time getting used to is the difference between what you write and what's on screen. You're smiling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. PTSD. Yes, PTSD. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think we ever get used to that. I don't. I I think I've become like more apathetic. So it's but, like yeah. okay. But you directed. You wrote what you directed, Abby. Yeah. How did that feel? Because this is actually very good. It was pretty freeing. When you watched it, how did you feel? I felt, <laughs> I felt like well, okay, and I stood that, mm, considering everything, or considering the rain and the sun and the time and budget, I feel like. For what I wanted to show, I did that, which was which was very freeing for me. Not writing and then hoping that oh this person understands what this line is if I'm not on set, hmm. or if that or if the character says the line the right way, because if they say it the wrong way, they're going to mess up the entire meaning of the exactly. line. Exactly. Yes. So it was very very freeing to have that <coughs> kind of control. But is it like a story problem or a people problem? If you write something and it doesn't translate? I think it's a mixture of both and sometimes it's just random. Some things just... I found sometimes people just don't notice things and it's just one of those things. They slip through the cracks. Where, And also, when you when we write stuff, we assume that everyone understands what we're writing. Yeah. There's a... Um, As if they can read your mind. There's a classic... Um, um, closet drinker story. Uh, I think someone has said. <laughs> someone, has, someone mentioned I feel it. someone said this same it, story classic, last week. Is it I'm classic? Sure. Is it yes, classic story? Like you wrote. Oh God. Yes. Drink, someone was a closet drinker, and then the person was drinking. The actor was drinking in the closet. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I don't get. Didn't they have anybody on set to understand English that's language? Sometimes, sometimes like because you know people are holding sides. They're like, hey, let's just fucking do it. Let's just do it. Bye, bye, bye. Everyone is rushing. You're not reading. Yeah, yeah. You're not. You're not reading to understand. You're reading to do. So you know, oh, this is this. This is that. This is the action. But does it does it mean that they don't care? I don't want to say they don't care. I think. I know. I know. As writers, we feel we care the most yeah. about the story, and other people are just like doing what they have to do. Mm. But is it unfair to say they don't care if they're not yeah, going I to read? So. I mean, closet drinker. You put someone. The actor even entered the closet too. Like you, so you do not see. You didn't read the line and say, wait, what does this mean? <laughs> like, I don't get I think, it. I think in some ways, some people, I don't think it's a large amount of people that I can say don't care. I feel like, I think every every writer should take time to be on his set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And understand the madness. Yeah. 
that goes on on sets. And when that level of madness is there constantly, every day, hour after hour, sometimes things just get lost. That's why I find. I feel like when I, because when I'm on set, everybody's trying to do their job right. And er, there are different pieces that we're hoping come together to make something that makes sense. And sometimes things just slip through the cracks. But yeah, I think I feel like everyone cares, to some degree at least. Okay. And it's just something that happens. Okay. I guess. I'll go with that answer. Yeah. Because like, I, I remember b- before I, I ever went on a set, I used to be like, man, these people that always, production is always messing shit up. That always, I was like, man, when I'm going to be there, mm. as I was My there, own time will be different. Whoa. <laughs> I think I was lucky I started on a set first before. Yeah, you did. So... I think that I'm angrier. That's why I'm angry. <laughs> because I started on Instagram first. And there's this non... See, non-chance. This, I don't care attitude. And... That you know, felt on the set. Yeah, I've been on sets where... Them, what they call it? Makeup. They care about the story. They are mm. following... They know what's happening in every episode. Mm. So I've seen the difference between people that actually care and people that don't care. I don't care. I'm lucky. So, I, I don't think I've worked on a set where... I've worked on a few sets. I don't think I've worked on a set where people didn't care. Yeah, Cause I'll, I know, like towards the end of a show, they're just like, "I beg, I beg, I beg." The next project is starting. I don't have time. So this mm, makeup is not. It's okay. Yeah, because like, I'm going to jump to the next thing. Exactly. On for like an EP, for example. Now you're going to stay with that thing for a long time. You're not thinking of oh, the next thing because this is your life. It's consuming you. But you, as a writer, do you think? <laughs> do you think you're passionate about Nollywood? I think I'm passionate about it. Yeah. Or are you just passionate about storytelling in general? I'm pa- I think more passionate about storytelling in general. But I'm passionate about Nollywood. It's where I'm at. And I like... Is that why? No, and, I, and I, I have a fondness for like Nollywood type stories. Like I love university movies. Those old Jim oh, I love. Them girls cuts oh kind of thing. Those are my favorite Type, like Nigerian movies, those university movies. I miss Jemai. Jemai comes from America and he's a drug and he's a drug addict. Yeah. And he's twitching. And he's screaming at the elders. And he's screaming at old people. It's the best. Yes. It's the, it's the best. So like, I, I love that. And I love like, um, horror, Nigerian horror movies. Because even though like, like technically you can be like, oh, this doesn't look good and so, but when you're watching it as a kid, it's the scariest thing. I was haunted. I watched this Yoruba film called Kutuaye. I've never seen Kotoai. Ah, my God. I, sw- I think that's the beginning of my insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up at night. I'll be looking out the window. I'm like, oh my God, witches are flying up pets. Look, because of those like horror movies I that were like religious. The were horrible. They were horrible, but they were scary as <laughs> they shit. They were turning into beds. Oh God. What's the name of the film that um, some demon children were eating rice on someone's back? Is it end I don't know. Wicked? I don't know. I end don't of, want to end know. Of the weekend, a, a woman. Because that's another. I've forgotten that woman's name that made those specific. Yeah, girls. she was a, a churchy. She was a churchy person. I can't remember her name. She was a very churchy person, and she made a film where in it one of the villains is a woman who grows a giant penis. Oh, rape, I saw a nolly babe to rape her daughter-in-law. That is a real life film. You? It's it is glorious. People grew up watching stuff like that. <laughs> it affects our moral of the story <laughs> mentality that we have. It makes it very black and white. Yeah, yeah. It, it explains a lot of Nigerianisms. Yeah, it does. 
does. It, it, it really does. This bad girl behavior. Oh, keep being the bad girl. Chira. Yes. I need to watch that film again. But I don't know. My brain just froze, like, listening <laughs> to that. Well, I'll try, let me just try and segue to something completely different. Completely. is going to be had. I'll just ask you a random question. Ask me. What are your career long-term goals? My career long-term goals is to be a rich motherfucker. Okay, boil it down. Because we all yeah. want to be that. <laughs> I want to... But how? I want to, I want to build... Um, I want to build a structure that can allow me to make the things that I want to make and also give opportunities. Is that opportunities. possible? Because it, it, it is. I a believe lot of people is. are worried about that in this industry that we are in. I believe it is. I, but I believe it's not... People think it's an instantaneous thing that, oh, I'll just make something that I like. and But it's not. I, I'm trying to... I know that you have to do other things to build up a name. Things that you may not... That you like, but are not your end goal. Mm. Because there are like ideas and films and shows that just you've written and you keep in a vault in one folder on your laptop. Yeah. I know that okay, this these are like the real ones. These are the ones that are going to be insane. But before you get there, you have to like climb steps. You have so that's what it is like a staircase, and you're just climbing up until you reach the point where you're like, okay, I want to make things. Like. How patient does a writer have to be? You like, have to be really patient. patient. I think not even writer, like filmmaker in general. Especially here, you have to be really patient. Well, that's what I'm trying to also to try and like assist people. Mm, in what way? Like anyone that wants to come up in the film industry, whether you're a writer, a director, or producer, or whatever, I want to be able to have enough so that I can give to people without charging them. I know, like, um, Master classes are like a big thing. But but, nobody can really afford. Yeah. Plus, I've I've never for like all these in Nigeria at least, everything I've learned people have given me freely. Like professionals mm. in they've just given me freely. When I ask for advice, they just tell me they don't ask for money. Yeah. When I'm when I'm trying to like navigate my career and navigate the industry, they don't just Say, okay, I'll tell you this, the secrets, if you pay 30000 for a two-day workshop. Sell your soul. Yeah. So I, 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 my, my hope is that I'll never be in a position where I need to ask people for money before I give them any advice or teach them anything. But I, I want, it's something I want to do. I want to, like, teach people and I want to, like, talk to people about stuff like that, about film. And I want to make people watch films that are important and, like, just spread, like, my point of view of stuff like that. It sounds like a dictatorship. I want to spread my point of view to everybody. Yeah, I'll still start speaking German. Anyway. As nine, nine, nine. <laughs> but, like, do you think, because of what you just said, like, do you think a writing community is very important here? A writing community, yes, but, like... Okay, like, okay. I brought this up with someone when I'm talking about um, on Twitter topics, screenwriting topics. You see how like writers in Hollywood are always like coming together and sharing experiences. Yeah. Do we have that here? No, we don't. No, we don't at all. I actually haven't thought of that. We have like friends. Exactly. And you talk to your guys. Because I know friends are not the same thing it's as the, the general thing. writing community. It's not the same thing. No. It's not the same thing. I think the guild should um, in like a more sane, a saner climb, the Writers Guild should be like a platform where you get to meet writers from different parts of the pockets of the industry and 
talk about what your your experiences and they talk about their experiences and we share knowledge and try and like lift people up. I'm not sure, but it doesn't. No, we don't have to wait for the guilt. Yeah, we don't have to wait for the guilt. We could just find something to do by ourselves. Call out for writers. Oh, let's hang at someone's place. We'll sit down and we talk and we just. I think like older, more experienced people in the industry or people that have been around for longer. They do things like this, sort of. Like, James just... Yeah, James Omokwe. Yeah. yeah, he just did one where he talked to people about production. And I'm sure they would have shared stories and stuff. Yeah. Victor does baking bread. Yes. Chris does story, story. So, and people just come over and they talk. You, you're hearing from experienced people. You're gisting with people who want to do what you're doing, who want to be storytellers as well. And the great thing about all three of them is that all of them focus a lot on story. Yes. Which is... Very important. The most important yes. thing. is <laughs> the most important thing. So, yeah, I think that would be great, Sha. Just calling someone, you do it now. Uh, do you, you cook? No, I won't. Why won't you, you cook? Uh, you don't you have, you cook don't for have your, time for... I don't understand. You won't cook for your friends. No, I won't cook for my friends. Even people, I, that, people that care about you. You wouldn't cook for people that... That care about you. No, I won't. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes, moving on. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I think it's the last question I have. The last serious question I have. Okay. And it's okay, it's about writers putting themselves out there. Because yes. it's a very interesting debate I see every time we're looking. And again. Is it a debate? It is. I feel it like, is. Every, I feel like everyone even agrees. When Mikhail, no, no. Because even when Michaela Cole brought that amazing speech, mm. that whole thing about go and hide. And I liked it, but part of me was like, you can't hide in Hollywood because people don't know you yet. What are you hiding for? Like, I I guess it's like, you don't have to be out there every time. But then if you're not out there... You die. Exactly. Yeah. I feel, I, what I think is that everybody agrees that like, writers have to put themselves out there more. Because this goes to the topic of writers never getting the credit they deserve. Never getting. And it's like, oh, but you do not fight for your credit. Oh, nobody knows you. But I'm like... I, I, that's the thing no one ever knows writers even most people can't tell me who wrote that favorite film most people no, can't tell me because again somebody put out a poster for a film some days ago and I was just going through the credits no, no, right, writer, no writer on it can produced imagine. by directed by everybody you see on the set Instagram security post, man he, the person that the and what do you call it the PA on set exactly the security guy the spark the electrician everybody everybody's name gets is their there credit. with that Instagram handle there Except the writer. the writer. So I don't like at this point, I don't know. Because writers are like, okay, I've done, I, like, how do I put myself out there? I think it's just by, I think, because I'm talking like I like I do it. I don't do it. <laughs> You're trying. No, I, I try a little and it's very hard because mm. personality wise, I feel like, oh, let me just work and the work speak for itself. But work as I found, does not. <laughs> work doesn't have a mouth. I yes. <laughs> We all, I feel we all entered with that. Oh, let me just... I'm just here to do my work. They'll find me. They won't. They won't. It's, they don't it's know so you. Hard. They don't even like, look you They don't know. You. you have to look for that shit. Yeah. And you have to put yourself out. And you have to... Because a lot of... Another thing, a lot of writers have... Um, impost, it's, it's imposter syndrome. Do, do they? I, yes. I feel it's the opposite. Writers have this extreme high sense of importance. But is it that, I think that's a cover for you feeling like you're... I think that's a cover for you feeling like you're not shit. Hmm. Because it's, it's a facade. That's why we're, um, we're like, oh, we treat everything we write like it's the next best thing. Like, we're fucking Shakespeare. But a lot of us on the inside feel like 
are we good enough? Like, Omo, I've been scamming my way through life. I don't feel like that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But you get what I mean now? Yeah. Yeah, so they're like, man, I've been scamming my way through this thing. What if I'm not good enough? What if this? I always doubt, especially Mm. because your whole thing as an artist is putting your work out there for people to scrutinize, which is not how normal work is. Like, Chike that that is working in GTB. You write something for, like... Three months, mm-hmm. and you just put it at the phone like, mm, I can't really. Like, oh my god! You break you, you break your spirit. The yeah. regular guy that works in a bank, what? when when he does, they're his not job, judging his teller. What's what everybody are the bank around? Is not, no one cares. Yeah, no one cares about that stuff. But like for an artist, you're putting yourself out there. It's hard, and people, everyone has an opinion, and. Every, not every, every, obviously. We need to ban opinions, but anyway. You can't, but you can't ban opinions. As long, <laughs> as long as, here's what I believe. I believe that as long as someone has paid money to consume your content, they are allowed to, to, to give their opinion on it. And as a writer, are you allowed to react to that opinion? You can react, but it's not like how will you, how will it look? If you, I think you can react to one some that. So are, I say a writer tells someone do. I mean, if it is. I don't know about that reaction. I laughed. <laughs> I was like, why would you, <laughs> why would you say, that? say that? I was like, even me, I can be salty, that? but I won't go that far. I was really angry. Put it in all caps. Do in all me? caps. I was like, guy, delete the tweet. Like, <laughs> do you think? I think a, a writer, you can you can respond in certain situations. Like, if you're in a position where someone says something about something you wrote and they get something very wrong, mm. you can clarify like. That's not what that meant. That it's, meant yeah. this. But when you start explaining... But just end it there. Because more people are going to pile exactly. on you. And just free it. But if you want to say something, just say that. But don't go out and like puff your chest and start acting salty and whining online and fighting with people. You're not going to win. You're not going to... People don't know that there's a difference between script and screen. They feel like, oh no, it's exactly what was written. That is, and sometimes you can write something that is good, and everyone wants to shoot something that is good, but something just happens yeah. that messes it up. Yeah. On the day, on set, oh, they can't shoot the way they want. Or they to. just don't know how to do it. Yeah, because and plus, there's no time to figure it out. Yeah. Many things happen like that. But yeah, I think that in terms of like giving opinions, anybody that has paid money. Yeah. The, the critics, critic, critics is different i think you have to treat critics differently yes because yes it's your job to but that to job you, you woke up by yourself and decided to comment you, you woke up by yourself so me too i can wake up and yes. decide to react i think i think reacting to critics is even all the, all these people that we call critics but are not critics they give can't even mention they, they, it because they, that they come give and beats me. random opinions about things and you can tell from the review that it's not well written it's not well crafted they are not really saying anything they like I or feel, dislike. I, just I personally giving... think it's a copy and paste culture. Yeah, it is. It's like, I see crits, oh, they're doing it abroad. Let me do my own here. Yeah, I think And I'll be so edgy and rude. I'll get them angry. Yeah. It's but annoying. truth is that you can make a, you can write a review that is about something that, for example, like, that I make and it's not favorable. However, it could be a good review. Yeah. So the thing is that a lot of the critics that, um, talk about reviews and stuff and and complain about filmmakers, complain about their reviews. I think, yes, some filmmakers are salty, but for mm-hmm. a lot of the reviews that are just not well written. Yeah, you're not, you're not giving an honest review. You're yeah. just being angry. Because how I feel is that if I'm reviewing a film, I'm going to talk about what I like, 
why I liked it, what I didn't like, why I didn't like it, why I thought of the whole thing, and then say and then give a recommendation of should do I think you should see it or exactly. don't I think you should see it? And <clears throat> it's not even that it's not even that black and white because I might say, oh, you could see it. However, people that don't like this kind of thing might not like it. Yes. This and that. But these people just give just say random things like, oh, it was horribly horrible. Yeah. I'm that shit. Like a lot of words. Yes. Like you got to be playing with words. I'm like, this is is English class. Yes. And then they now give a number written. I think number written is stupid. I don't believe in it. Number written is that. Dumb. <laughs> what, because you can see something is hundred. Um, I watched that. I'm like, no. Okay. Like, what's the difference between a film that is sixty five and a film that is seventy? What What is the real difference, sir? <laughs> there isn't any. You can't. You can't. You can't like. The light in one into, scene took out that five percent. Yes, the light in that one scene was was the five percent exactly. Yeah. The light in that person didn't deliver that dialogue sharp enough. Mm-hmm. So that's another two percent off. Yeah. So yeah, I think. If your critique is well-crafted and you know what the fuck you're talking about, you cannot critique an art form that you don't know what it's about. Mm. You can't. You can't be critiquing film and then you now, you now say, oh, I'm a cultural critic. <laughs> no, no, stop it. Stop it. Are you about this life? Do you consume film? To, at an obscene level, I do you know what you're talking I don't know. about? But if you what if you actually love film, you will not be great. This is another topic, but I don't think it's for today. If you properly love film, yes. Well, I think because is it? I don't know. Like I can watch something. I know it's terrible, but I will still watch and enjoy. Yeah, for because the sake of no film is zero. And nobody, I know nobody wakes up to make a bad film. Even our guy Tommy Russo. Doesn't Tommy Russo? <laughs> oh, Tommy! Exactly. He doesn't wake exactly. Oh, hi, Mark. He wanted, he wanted to make a. He, he wanted to make a up. drama. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I personally don't think he woke up and said, "I'm going to make a terrible film." Unless he you didn't. want to make a parody, that's different. Yeah, but even those parodies, you want them to be entertaining to a exactly. degree. You want them to be funny. So, and if they're funny, that means that you've succeeded in what you wanted to do. Things happen and shit gets fucked up. But no one goes out to make a bad film. And yeah. I don't think any film is, is zero where there is no redeeming quality. Yeah, exactly. I think that even if you don't like the acting or something... Makeup is nice. The makeup could be nice. The wardrobe, the, the wardrobe is, is nice. The like art direction is amazing. The sets look amazing. Is great. Yeah, so th- those, are, those are all aspects of the film that give it value. Yeah. Even if you don't... Li- fuck with the story, you don't like how it was directed, you don't like how it was acted. Mm. These are parts of the of a, what do you call it, film that give it something. So it's not complete dog trash. trash. Yeah. Even the films like, you are talking about Tommy Wiseau and The Room. Yeah, The Room was supposed to be like this great American drama, but it's not. It's now a very funny film. So... It was a cult classic. It's a, yeah, it is. Where you you don't have so and there are many films like that. Those like two um, so bad that good movies. There's Troll Two, is Killing American Style. I watched Killing no, American I Style. Killing American Style is amazing. Killing American Style, Samurai Cop, Hollywood Cop. <laughs> even the titles. Get Even. Know. Get Even is great because the name of the film is Get Even, but the, the filmmaker forgot to put the space between the How? Get and the Even. 
So, so you just get <laughs> So in the title card, it's just get heaven. <laughs> but those films, they were made for a reason. I don't get it. Like, did you just, how did you forget to just space? It's brilliant. Oh, okay. It's brilliant. But so, it worked for him. Yeah, and those films, um, they're made for a particular reason. They didn't succeed in that reason, but it's almost like that use has been converted so where they're no longer action movies or they're no longer um, dramas, they're now comedies. Yeah. So there is something you're getting from there. Yes. So it's not complete trash still. I mean, if we're talking about Nigerian horror. They're supposed to be horror, horror, and not their comedy. Yeah, because when you're watching them, when you watch them back, you're like, oh, how was I scared of this? But again, it's now, as a child, you are scared of it. That means that at that point... It worked. It worked. Now you're older. Things don't look as good. Technology has moved forward. You're like, eh, it's not scary. It's actually hilarious. Yeah. But again, it's still useful. It still has value. Yes. Yeah. No film is without value. No TV show, no nothing is without value. Mm, nice quote. So ah. what's, <laughs> what's your um, parting message? This is like your mini TED. I know you've just given one, but this is another mini TED talk to like someone out there that wants to enter the industry and, you know, blue. And how blue? I don't know. Um, I think anybody that wants to enter the industry and wants to become anything in the industry, you just have to enter it. You find someone that is in there and attach yourself. Don't stalk. Don't, don't harass. Don't harass. Yes. Bogum body. Yeah. <laughs> and just stay on them and try and learn as much as you can. And mm. that's the only thing that, that matters. Learning. So that when you enter, finally, you're prepared. And even when you enter, you don't stop learning. You don't. You never stop learning because when yeah. you stop learning, you get left behind. Yeah. There's always someone else that is coming up that wants to be at the level you're at. And because of how the industry is, yeah, there are a lot of avenues where you could make money, like um, um, regular TV series, web series, movies, telenovelas, all that. Yeah. But when you're talking about like writers that are actually making money and getting properly paid. There are not many. Mm. And with that, if someone else wants wants to be there, <clears throat> they're thinking of coming in and wowing everybody and pushing someone else that is older and is maybe not learning as much as they should be, they'll push you out. Yeah. Because you, you start becoming surplus to requirements. And it's a very, very rough business where um, sometimes you're not sure of what's going to happen the next year or the after that. Mm -hmm. So you just have to put that in mind. I know that even with all that stuff, you still have to have the drive yeah. and push yourself forward. And don't think they'll come and look for you. And don't you think they're going to, to you have to go out and you can't just sit in your house complaining about everything and how when you enter, shit is going to change. Mm. Enter. You have to fucking enter. You have to enter and then do stuff. And also, another thing that a lot of people may not know, you have to enter with the right people. Because the difference, the right it's hard. Yeah. It's almost impossible to know. I don't know how to know the because right people. A lot of people outside don't know enough. They just assume. None of them and Again, enough. social media, I feel it's making it worse. Yeah, it is. Because you see this person is posting film poster every day. Oh my God, they are working. So I should go to that exactly. person. But you shouldn't. You shouldn't go to that person. <laughs> no, please. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> but like, how do you know the right person? Like, how do you know the right people? How do you know the right crowd to follow or attach yourself to? I think you you have to be feel you have to be um, able to scrutinize whatever experience you have, because before like I met the people I met that mostly impacted like my trajectory, I'd met other people. I've met if I'd met a filmmaker that wanted to collect 250k from my hand. That what? Wanted to collect 250k from my hand. For and, what? I don't get it. And this the person, would, the the person would teach me oh, okay. how to be a, a, a digital filmmaker. Oh, how cute. While working. Where is that nigga now? <laughs> Where are you at? <laughs> I don't want to ask him. Not now. No, no. Yes, not now. Yeah. But yes, so someone tried to collect 250k from my hand. I was almost. This was 2014. Just 2014, yeah. <sighs> I'm worried. Then I was, I was almost, um, I almost started working with another person who I shouldn't, with, I thank God I didn't work with the person. Yeah, because same. if I did, I'd have no idea where I would be as a storyteller. I wouldn't be a storyteller. I'd be in a psych ward. I, I, I mean, I think I would point, realize eventually that something is wrong, but I'm not sure if I would have the, My God. I would be able Wolf to like flashbacks. come out before then. No, because oh, you don't. You, had, you, you, you realize when you're inside that there's a problem. Yes. Yeah. You just look around there, like there's an issue here. <laughs> everybody's looking normal. Something is. Is that situation where you, I, I don't know? Let me know. Let me know. So me I think you've kind of answered the question now. Like, how would you know if someone is legit? You have to meet the person. So you have to like not feel true, but you have to actually just learn. You have to just learn. Yeah. And when you're in a situation where you're working with people that don't know what they're doing, you'll tell. And you, don't fall for the pictures and the shiny words that don't mean Instagram anything. And the Instagram posts and all that and posting work, it, it doesn't mean jack shit. The most important thing is being a good storyteller. And at, I, I, I think at this point, you sh- before you enter, you actually have to know what good story is. Yeah, you have to know. And yeah. you have to also be open and willing to learn things. Yeah. Not act like you know everything because no one knows everything. And you're not going to change everything. You're not. Like, Please. Yeah, you're you're not going to like change everything once you enter. Except if like you're is a genius level person. Or you have so much money. Or you have yeah, to like yeah. properly execute your vision. Yeah. That will help. Yeah, it will help a lot. But you also always have to be open. Because even if you have so much money, our work you is You can ve- actually throw that money away. Yeah, because our work is very collaborative. Oh my god, an act an actor. I remember when she was venting that in twenty thirteen she used I'm not sure if it's 15 or 50 million to shoot a film and she made 3 million. And that was... Normal. No, she didn't make up to 3 million. Mm. And she, like, she had the money. She just gave it to the wrong person. Gave it to the wrong person. person. You just put it in the basket and put the money in the river. Because that's it. That's basically it. Just flush it down the toilet. She was like, oh, she... And she was like, oh, I have so much. I'm like... Okay. And again, people jump... A lot of people jump into the industry without doing any research. Like it's that excitement. babe, that babe that entered now, like that you're talking about, and gave someone fifty million. Who who the fuck did she give fifty million to? And what did she think was going to happen? Did she yeah. think, oh, it's this film is going to blow up and I'm going to make yeah. wedding party money? Is that yeah. what she thought? Really? Mm. What was her marketing budget? Who was? In so the you film? actually have to do your research, you learn, research. and open your eyes. Yeah, you you can if unless you have like a safety net, you you don't you don't you can't really afford to jump into a lot of things hmm. unless you have a safety net and even if you don't have a safety net you can jump in but know that eh, yeah. sometimes you go 
it will go bad. Sometimes it's it will like, go. Prepare It'll for be the good. worst. Yeah, just prepare for the worst. Yeah. yeah, but hope for the best. And I, enjoy it because let's not. I'm not being pessimistic. It's a fun experience. Oh, it's amazing. Exactly. It's when like you start, jumping telling, through the fog. Yeah. Even if you can't see where you're going, it doesn't matter. You jump at it, and you land where you land. Yeah, that's like a nice quote. You have just, sense sometimes. Them. Mm, well done. Pew pew. Sure. So this is the end. Is it? Yeah. I'm just going to wrap up with like your top five like. I had a joke. I wanted to. I wanted tell to tell. I can't. I can't joke. tell the joke. You're not telling a joke. The time has passed. I just want to tell you that you, you messed joke. up my setup because I had the setup. And I was about I'm to like so, drop I'm it. So happy I did that. You messed it up. Okay. Okay. Let us end this with the top five stuff you're watching right now. Top five stuff. I'm watching. Ah, this is not a question you're asking before. It is. Top I'm, five stuff you were watching before. Who did you ask? People I interviewed last week. Okay. 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 What? 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 But you didn't ask last season. No, it's ah, a new season. Changing things up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, the best thing I'm top five things I'm watching. I'm rewatching Seinfeld, which is great. Seinfeld is an amazing show. I love that show so much. That's number one. Number one. Then I just watched Midnight Mass. I love Midnight Mass. I love Midnight Mass. Highly recommended. Midnight Mass. I watched it at a stretch. I didn't stop. Did you ever finish? Because I I know how it ends. Because I went to go and check for spoilers. But like I'm just entertained. I watched, I think it's I watched, so funny. I, it's so great. Yeah, I watched everything very, at a stretch. It's a very like, well-told story. I, I was, but I, had, I forgot to eat dinner. So I now eat dinner around 4 a.m. I was jacked. I love that show. Highly recommended. Highly recommended Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass yeah. is great. Um, I'm currently watching Dune. The the 1984 oh, okay. version of Dune. Um, then it's very long. <laughs> then It's like three hours long. Oh, God. That's like a Bollywood film. Yeah. Old Bollywood film. Old Bollywood films. Gucci, Gucci, no, don't, 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 don't. Just continue. Gucci, Gucci, can just, you come? Just continue. What is it? How's the song? I'm not going to. I'm not going to help. Just continue. Um, You're on. I'm on three. Yes. I've said Midnight Mass. I've said Seinfeld. And I've Dune. said Dune. Um, what else am I watching? Ah, crap. I'm trying to. I'm watching Venge. Of course. Yes. You actually have to. And I'm watching it. Dilemma. Yeah, I'm watching. Um, Venge on Africa Magic and Dilemma on Africa and I'm watching Magic. Dilemma on Africa Magic those yeah. are five things yeah. yes, you see how I did that yes. yes well done thank you thank, thank you. you thank you for being on the podcast thank hope you. you had fun I, I, if you like don't have fun that's that's really your personal problem but thank you for being here you didn't allow me to get my yes. jokes off yes and that joke is really good we don't do jokes here like but you didn't let me so I'm 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 not sure what I'll give this like out of five. Even I'm though ratings asking don't mean anything. You for it I'll text it to you, don't worry. I'm not going to read You will it. know. <laughs> I'm not going to I'll read call it. you. <laughs> Thank you. And goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. All right.